please make sure you do so um, and that you are registering um, for that immersion so that we have all of the appropriate numbers and everything is good. So that's November 3rd through 5th. There's QR codes around the building to get registered. Monday, August 22nd, is our rescheduled Song of Solomon. That's our virtual session for engaged and married couples. And then on the 24th of August, we will be in the DeSoto Bass giving out food, a 901 Wilberforce, uh, from 11 a.m. to 2.30 if you would like to volunteer. All right? Everybody good? How's your evenings going? Everybody all right? We got stuff, we got stuff to say, so make sure your notes um, is out and that you are ready. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you and I honor you. Lord, you're good, you're kind, you're merciful. There's none like you in all the earth. God, you are better to us than we deserve. You give us, God, things that we don't deserve, and you withhold things from us that we do deserve. Thank you for that grace and mercy. Thank you, God, for your loving kindness. Lord, as the word goes forward today, we know it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And allow me, God, to... Give this word with clarity and precision so that the people, God, may be doers of the word and not hearers only. In this moment, God, let us be focused on you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Last Wednesday, we started looking at the resilience of the born again. Say resilience. Resilience of the born again. Now, just as a recap here, to be resilient means that you are able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. That you're able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. On this past Sunday, um, Elder Orlando showed us difficult situations as he dissected the story of Daniel and caused us to consider his pattern of resilience. Because as he said, some of us, when the king's decree went forward, you would have said, never mind, right? I'll pray after the decree is up, right? And so he challenged us and told us to hang on in there. How many of y'all been hanging on in there this week? Before we move further, I need to restate the thesis that I posed last week. We fail to be res resilient and sometimes even reject the pattern because we don't know who and what we are rejecting. We don't know who and what we are rejecting. In other words, our lack of resilience is the result of a lack of knowing. Write that down. Your lack of resilience is a result of a lack of knowing. Daniel's ability to be resilient was based upon the fact that Daniel knew God. Amen? As a matter of fact, when you see people as resilient, 
Here's the interesting thing. We have Old Testament examples of people who were more resilient without the Holy Ghost than we are. They didn't have the indwelling of the Spirit upon them at all times like we have access to, and they still were more resilient than many of us are. I'm going to go back to the opening passage that Orlando had, but before I get there, I need to go back to Colossians, Colossians 1. I keep reading it, but I'm going to do it in the NASB. Then I need to read a couple verses in the Amplified. Same thing. Colossians 1, 22. Colossians 1, 22. It reads, Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. Let us be clear. That's God's target for us. I want you to think about what I just said. Holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. That's where God's trying to get me. So think about your life real quick. Everything in your life that is not holy, blameless, or beyond reproach is something that God is working on. Because his target is that I'm trying to present you holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. If, the only way we get there, if indeed, verse 23 you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast. Watch this. Continue how? Firmly established and steadfast and not moved from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now, remember what Elder Orlando said. He said, hang on in there. That really corresponds to verse 23. Continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Let me read verse 23 in the Amplified. And this he will do, provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ, well-grounded and settled and steadfast. That sound familiar? Not shifting or moving away from the hope which rests on as and is inspired by the glad tidings, the gospel. Let's do it again. This he will do, provided, provided you continue to stay with and in the faith. Let's stop right there. Trouble has an amazing way of causing us to change our patterns. Right? has an amazing way of causing us to change our patterns. How many of us ever, when the weather gets bad, change the way you're driving? That's just me? Okay, I'll change my entire route when the weather gets bad. Right? Because where I live at, the normal way that I go, both, both roads that take me to the street that I live on are straight uphill. Both roads, straight uphill. So, when it's snowing, Guess which way I don't go? That way. So I change my pattern based upon the storm. There's a storm. It's snowing. I believe that this storm is now causing a hazard on my pattern. I change my pattern simply based upon the weather. And don't even think about it. We do that with all of our patterns. Anytime there's a storm that we think is going to cause a hazard, we shift our pattern. 
Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. That's even true for patterns that you shouldn't change. So here it is, um, like Daniel. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, storm. Maybe I just wait praying, right? Because prayer is going to cause problems. And so you're willing to change your pattern because it's going to cause a problem. We have to really ask ourselves, am I really and truly resilient? Do I really trust God? Because some of us, we say we trust God. I was listening to uh, Elder teach on Sunday, and I just kept chuckling because, in, I mean, his, his rebukes come with chuckles, and it was great. He was rebuking as he chuckled, and I thought, this is fantastic. This is absolutely fantastic. He said, we need to get over some of these church cliches, and I was like... Right. <laughs> because we say stuff like, God, I trust you. He's like, no, you don't. Lord, I trust you. No, you don't trust me. Because if you trusted me, you would continue to do what I say regardless. But what you really trust, watch this, is your ability. What you really trust is your skill. Because anything that you think is going to cause you to be in harm's way, you're unwilling to trust me there. It's, you know, we got a bunch of fair weather Christians. If it's sunny, God, I'm with you. In the rain, I got it. I got an alternate route I would prefer to go. Amen? So he says, this he'll do, provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ. Well-grounded, settled, and steadfast. Not shifting or moving away. Now, write this down. Patterns, I've said this early, but I need to say it again. I said it really when we started. Patterns are the harvest of the seeds that we have allowed to be planted in our lives. I'll say it again. Patterns are the harvest of the seeds that we have allowed to be planted in our lives. Y'all got it? You want it again? One more time. Patterns, speed up your pens, are the harvest of the seeds that we have allowed to be planted in our lives. Your pattern is what you do based upon how you've been taught. So every seed forms a pattern. The pattern is the harvest of every seed in your life. So here's the question you have to start asking yourself. What seeds am I allowing? Because every conversation is a seed. So what seeds do I allow? Maybe the reason you so mean is because you keep allowing seeds from mean people. Because seeds produce after their kind. You cannot be around people who have a particular character listening to them and not think that your pattern won't manifest that seed. Okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it eat the what? Fruit thereof. So my mouth is a fruit producer. So everything that comes out of my mouth is a seed. Okay? So many of us become the soil for the communication that we simply allow. Certain stuff you just shouldn't allow your gates to accept. Like, nah, that's not going to be good because if I keep allowing your negativity, I'll be negative about my stuff. 
right? You can get around a negative person. You can get around a negative person and then become infected with a negative pattern. They don't even have to be talking about you. They talking about their stuff, right? They're talking about their stuff. You know, I'm just struggling, and it's just rough, and it's just hard out here, and it's just rough. And then before you know it, your patterns are the product of the seeds that you have allowed, amen, into your life. Therefore, listen to this, therefore, patterns identify the truth of who you are. I don't need you to talk. I don't need you to say nothing. Let me just look at how you move. You know a tree by its? Right. Fruit is nothing but the manifestation of a seed. That's all fruit is. Your pattern is that. So if I want to know who a person is, I don't have to ask them. Watch them. I don't, I don't necessarily believe what you say. I don't necessarily believe what you say. Let me see what you do. Huh? I'm called. Let's watch. Let's see if you do called things. I love you. Hmm, let's see. Let's see if you do loving things. Huh? Because patterns identify the truth about who you are. I trust God. Let's see. Do you do trusting things? Huh? God, God, you're my source. Let's see. Do, does your behavior validate the statement? Or is there a disconnect between heart and mouth? Right? Right? Because, see, watch this. Circumstances validate your statements. Let's see, Daniel, how resilient you are when resilience might get you killed. Let's see. Let's see if that pattern is for real or if it's circumstantial. Hmm? Let's see if you'll open the door for me, husband, when you're mad at me. So was your opening of the door the product of my behavior or the product of your love? Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me today. Let's see if you'll lift up your hands because I'm God. Are you worshiping because you like the song or because you love me? Right? Is this because you like the personality of the worship leader? Hmm? So if the personality of the worship leader changes, does your worship change? Wait a minute. Wait. Aren't we singing the same song about the same God? And so your pattern is the validation of who you are. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Let's see. Let's see how much of a giver you are when you don't have it. When you don't have it. Because let me tell you something about being a giver. When you don't have it, you'll find something to give. I'm not talking about this, this, this poor stewardship stuff where you don't pay your, your rent. and you, I'm not talking about that. But when you're a giver, you'll look for somewhere to serve. 
Like, I don't have anything to give. But I do have some excess. I got time. Y'all see, okay. I got time. I got an extra pair of shoes. I'm look, y'all, y'all, y'all. When you're a giver, you're going around talking about, I didn't need four pair of black shoes anyway. Does anybody wear my size? Because if I am a giver, how do I stop being who I am because of circumstance? Many of us are not. I'm trying my best, God. We're not what we say. We're not. Watch this. I am a man. Rain don't change it. Heat don't change it. Seasons don't change it. I don't care what they're trying to do with these surgeries. I am what I am, what I am. It cannot be changed. Are y'all walking with me? So if I can't change my manhood, how can I change my declaration? I am a worshiper. Are you? Or do you worship? I am is a statement of identity. Right? I am is a statement of identity. Are you a worshiper? Are you sure? Because what I think is that you're taking what you did one time and then wanting everyone to believe that that's who you are. But when things got hard, what I've determined is, no, you're not a worshiper. You're a complainer. No, you're not a worshiper. You're a worrier. You're not a worshiper. You walk in fear. You are fearful. Amen. Patterns identify the truth about who we are. And watch this. Trouble has an amazing way of shining a light on the lies that we've been telling in the groups that support those lies. Huh? And the groups that support those lies. Daniel had some people that tried to determine if he was telling the truth. It was a pattern test. The lion's den is a pattern test. Amen. The fiery furnace, pattern test. I'll give you another one. Job, pattern test. Because the beginning of the book of Job states his qualities. Let's do it again. Patterns identify the truth about who we are. The b- Go to Job. Oh, I wasn't trying, Lord, but you are. Job chapter one. Patterns identify the truth about who we are, not what we do, who we are. You and Job chapter one. Come on, this is not on my notes. Don't y'all delay me. Job one, we there? Sorry. There was a man in the land of us, chapter 1, verse 1, whose name was Job. That man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. That's who he is. This is the beginning of the story. Are y'all in here? This is who he is. He is. This man is. Oh, help me, God. This man is blameless, upright, 
fearing God and turning away from evil. That's who Job was before any trouble. Okay, okay. Are y'all y'all listening to this? Okay, go to go go to chapter two. Hallelujah. Go to chapter two. Hallelujah. Verse verse nine. Because by this time, he done lost everything and he's sick. By the time I get to chapter 2, everybody dead. It's just him and his wife. He done lost all his property and all his kids and everything's going down. Y'all with me? And, and watch this. His wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? How in the world? Integrity, resilience. All integrity is, see, see, we confine integrity to good character. Watch this. Integrity actually, watch this, is also resilience. <sighs> okay. If this table loses its integrity, it can no longer support. It can no longer do what a table does. Huh? So, for instance, the reason that they will total a car when you get into a wreck, it's because the car has lost its integrity. The frame is no longer able to maintain the safety of the vehicle. That car has lost its integrity. So this, his wife literally says, are you literally going to keep being blameless, upright, fearing God? Are you going to maintain who you are? That's really what she's asking him. His response was, she said, curse God and die. He said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. He didn't pattern shift. Now, here's the interesting thing. Who is he? He's blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil, which now corresponds to verse 22 of Colossians 1. He has now reconciled you in his fleshly body in order to present you before him, holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. Huh? So you mean to tell me that Jesus is trying to get me to a resilient quality, but we allow circumstances to rob us of our integrity? Hmm? There's another lesson in here. I dropped this little nugget on somebody because he was able to correct his wife without cutting her off. Never mind. I need y'all to hear that because you think that the only way to be able to bring correction is to cut people off. He says, no, no, no. Watch this. They were still married after he got her together. That's all right. Let me go ahead and put that on out there. Just go ahead and slide that in your pocket. Get mad at me if you feel, but that's the truth. Huh? Y'all cutting people off for telling y'all the truth. Hmm? No, that was true. No, 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 that's true. And what we really do when we want to cut people off is I'm running away from the way you make me feel. And some of that is you keep reminding me of how messed up I am. Oh, okay, okay, watch this. Somebody can do something wrong to you. You think you're cutting them off to maintain your own mental health and we call them toxic and all of that. But watch this. If somebody continues to push the button to cause you to act out, that person is just a revealer, revealer of the truth within you. So you're literally cutting off the truth teller because you don't like the fact that they keep causing you to act 
the way that you act, and it's in you anyway. So go ahead, cut off the truth teller, but the seed of that bad behavior rests within you. Cutting the truth teller off don't deliver you. It doesn't free you. That's not repentance. So you can cut off the whole world and live as a hermit, but you will still be judged according to what's in your heart. You done cut off everybody and ain't changed. Brings me to the scripture from Sunday. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. I felt that. Felt great. Hmm. Every time I'm around you, I get to acting out. That means there's something in you that want to act out. Huh? There's something in you that want to, because if I'm full of the Spirit, if I'm full of the Spirit, if I'm full of the Spirit, I don't have anything else in me. I don't have anything else in me. I tell you guys all of the time, if you pick up a cup that's full of water, if you knock it over gently, only water's coming out. If you throw it against the wall, it's not going to turn to oil. Only water's coming out. Huh? The circumstance that the water is spilled doesn't change the fact that it's water. So how are you only Holy Ghost filled around other church people? But you worldly around other worldly people. Bitter water and sweet can't come out the same fountain. Okay. So we're in 1 Corinthians 15. And when I read verse 58, here's my question. Is this pattern true for you? I'm going to read what the pattern is supposed to be. Is the pattern true for you? And if the answer is no, this pattern is not true for me, then, then listen to what I'm about to ask you. And I need you to meditate on this. If this pattern is not true, what seed has been planted in me causing me to disobey? What seed has been planted in me causing me to disobey? First Corinthians 15. Therefore, this is verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be, Lord have mercy. Y'all see this? Be, not do. Be steadfast. Statement of being. Let steadfastness be your identifier. Immovable. Always. Abounding in the work of the Lord. What's the next word? Knowing. Oh, let's work a little bit. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Write it down. Orlando touched through these. So I'm just, I'm just recapitulating a little bit. Steadfast. Not subject to change or variation. <laughs> not subject to change or variation. How many of y'all switch it up around certain people? You are not steadfast. If you switch it up around certain people, you're not steadfast. Hmm? And if you feel like you got to be someone else around certain people in order to maintain how they feel about you, you are not steadfast. Don't blame it on them. They won't accept me for who I am. Wait a minute. I am who I am. And if I get into a habit of wearing a mask around people in order to be accepted, 
then what part of me is really true? And if I'm wearing a mask all day during work, do I have another one for church? And then how many masks do I actually have on? Do I get them confused? Huh? Some days do I have on like my work bottoms with my church tops? Huh? Do I have, do I have one mentality around family and another one around my spouse? Huh? Do I have, watch this, friend language and church language? Do you have a group of people? Do you have a group of people where you can have a trash mouth with? And then the other group of people that you try to clean your mouth up with? And then it's interesting because how in the world can you have a trash mouth with one and then use that same mouth to try to pray in the spirit? I'm confused right now um, about your utilization of sanctified things. Because last time I checked, when something was sanctified, it was set apart. And last time I checked, when people use sacred vessels for non-sacred use, huh? God don't take kindly to that. Amen. So if your body is the temple, Lord have mercy, how many times are you going to keep allowing yourself to utilize your sacred vessel for non-sacred use? Hmm? Oh, I, I see. All right. Be steadfast. Not do steadfast things. Don't. Uh, see, some of us are seasonally resilient. That just came right to me. Some of us are seasonally resilient. I'm about to work really, 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 really hard on this because it's due on that day. So you become resilient until the project is done. Okay, watch this. Church culture has created weekly seasonal resilience. In other words, let's work really, 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 really hard up to our performance on Sunday morning. And then once the performance is over, I can take a couple days off. Because it really ain't about me living for Jesus. It's about me preparing for performance. I'm not really what, I, what I'm saying here, right? I'm just preparing for my performance. And we have made this thing so much about our performance and so little about God that, watch this, we literally have perfected our performance and you don't even have to see God at all. Nobody even asked the question, when's the last time anybody got changed? We literally have churches that have never seen a miracle. We have churches that can't remember the last time somebody got saved. We have churches where as long as the performance hits a certain level, we don't care. And every once in a while, we'll say, how many of y'all need prayer for the week? And then we want to post that as if that is the performance measure of our good church. Are we steadfast, though? I am convinced that God is not happy, especially with the Western church. Because I don't know what this is that we're doing with his bride. We have turned this into something it's not. And prophetically, I declare in this room 
that a lot of this stuff that we're trying to pray off is him turning tables over. Because the Lord doesn't like when you take his house and turn it into something it's not supposed to be. He is turning the tables over in his house. And we're saying things like God is moving us to a new season. No, he is not. He is seeing who is going to be steadfast. Are you, uh, how many pastors are looking for their way out of preaching instead of their way into the glory? Now, all of a sudden, everybody is saying, we don't need to come together anymore. We don't need to pray like we used to. We don't need to fast anymore. It's a new season. The devil is a liar. God is looking for us to be steadfast, not subject to change or variation. We need to modernize. I am the Lord. I change not. In him, there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. Sick was sick in the Bible just like it is now. So how you want the same power, but you want a different worship? The fact that we're even talking about some of this stuff in the church is the direct result of the fact that our patterns are off. I don't think God even recognizes some of this stuff that we call godly. Then he says, I need you to be immovable. Do you, um, do you have an immovable pattern? Not able to be moved. <laughs> immovable. You cannot move me. No, I'm, not, it's not, I'm not even able to move it. It's not even, it's not even possible. Right? Like, if I went outside and I put all of my strength and all of my might and I pushed on the wall of this church, it ain't moving. I, it's not. I mean, I can, I, it's, I'm, all of us together. I can get everybody together and we can all push together. It's not moving. But listen to this. The building is still movable. Y'all missed it. I can't move it. But the building is still movable. I just need a different piece of equipment. I go get something that's strong enough. I can move it. So this building is not immovable. But I'm supposed to be. Oh, see, don't think that immovable is simply strength. See, some of us believe we're immovable because we're not currently around anything moving us. So you're applauding like, I, I got immovable faith. No, you just ain't come across the right trial yet. I got immovable worship. No, no, no. You ain't come against the right trial yet. The right storm ain't hit you yet. But I'm supposed to be immovable. And I need y'all to be honest right there. Am I immovable? Or, or am I only moved by particular things? Or moved in particular areas? Or moved by particular people? Huh? How many of you have ever been having a really, really great day and then saw something on TV or got a phone call and all of a sudden your whole day went left? You just got moved. This done ruined my day. Oh, so you're not immovable. The character of the born again is supposed to be immovable. 
Jesus wept but didn't move. Jesus grieved but didn't move. Huh? See, please don't miss that I'm not telling you to be uh, incapable of feeling. I'm telling you to be incapable of moving because feelings are bad leaders. I'm not telling y'all to, to be void of feeling. That's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you to be void of moving because if I can allow something to move me from faith in God, I'm not immovable. Come on, Daniel. Oh, you think that the threat of a lion is going to move me from prayer? I'm immovable. Come on. We had people getting boiled in oil in the scripture, torn apart, watching their kids torn apart. And they, we had mothers sitting there watching their kids get sawn in two. And they would be like, disobey God. Turn. They're like, nope. They watching their kids die. Reject the Lord. Nope. Reject him. No, I will not. We're going to kill another kid. That's fine. They'll, they'll meet Jesus. They'll meet Jesus. They'll meet him. And we live in a country where nobody's going your, your, to kill you for rejecting God, but yet you reject him freely? They wouldn't reject him when faced with death, and we reject him for no reason at all. We reject God over a sale at Macy's. We reject God over concerts. We reject God over sex with strangers. We reject God over something that we want to buy. We reject God because we would rather wear something that reveals us. We reject God over social media posts. We reject God. The Bible says, I need you to be immovable. Bishop, I don't like the way you're talking to us. That's fine. I'm immovable. Because I do not want to stand before God. And he said, you gave me a whole church that was full of spots and wrinkles. I said I was coming back for a church with no spots or wrinkles. So I need to apply heat and steam every time. And sometimes I might have to starch and put some weight on it. I might have to put some weight on it. Huh? I may have to do that. Steadfast, immovable, and always abounding. Always abundant. Watch this. Now, we want that to be always abundant in things. But the Bible says I'm always abundant in the work. So I don't understand marketplace. Okay. I don't understand marketplace how we can ever have, do, or serve to God. That's not abundantly working. I don't understand. How you giving me half do? How you giving God half do? And don't think that it's about pleasing me. I'm just the one that's keeping the standard before us. Huh? It's not about me. How are you half doing the work? How do you get up, preachers? How do you get up and say, well, I ain't really talked to God. I really don't have a life of prayer. I ain't really opened the Bible, but I'm going to open my mouth and hope God use me. Right? 
I know we ain't practiced none of these songs. We don't know anything that we're going to sing, but hopefully it'll all come together. No. That season's over. That's a wrap. That's not a, I need us to abound in God's work. I need you to abound. And you need to ask yourself, okay, have I, watch this. Does my pattern contribute to abundance in the work? Lord, that's not in my notes. Write that down. Does my pattern contribute to abundance in the work? Third time. Does my pattern, thank you, contribute to abundance in the work? Okay, watch this. I'll pick on the praise team for a minute. If God wants you to sing that song longer than you practiced, huh? does the pattern of your physical fitness contribute to your ability to be abundant in that work? Or because you're a bad steward over your body, are you going to be too tired to give God what he asked? If God said, no, I want to hear it again. I want to hear it. Y'all supposed to be talking to me, right? This is supposed to be about me, right? I'm enjoying this worship. Huh? The Lord's like, I would like to hear that again. Encore. Right. If God. But see, some of us wouldn't know his voice if it slapped us in the face. Because my, my, only my sheep know my voice. But many of our platforms have wolves on them. No, seriously. But does the pattern of your life contribute to your ability to be abundant in the work? Okay. Now, notice. Whew. Lord have mercy. I feel like y'all are getting weary and well-doing. All this is possible based upon knowing. Y'all didn't catch it. Let's do the verse again. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Be always abounding in the work. Knowing. If I don't know, I can't be. Remember my thesis? We fail to be resilient and sometimes even reject the pattern because we don't know who and what we're rejecting. Daniel's ability to be resilient is because he knew who God was. He's like, think about it. Think about the Hebrew boys. They were like, look, our God is able. Hard stop. If he don't, that has nothing to do with who he is. So we won't reject, watch this, his ability. Y'all catch this. The three Hebrew boys were resilient because of who he was, not even what he would do. My lack of rejection has nothing to do with what he's going to do. It has everything to do with who he is. I'm not going to reject him because he's able to deliver me. 
Him delivering me has nothing to do with this. See, some of us, if God hadn't done nothing for you in a while that you can show off in a picture, you'll reject him quicker. And God is like, wait a minute. I gave your nasty, trifling, disobedient tail life this morning. I woke you up. That wasn't enough. Huh. Okay, I woke you up and I'm God. That should be enough for you to maintain your resilience. It ought to be, right? Well, God, I'm just waiting on you to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Let's stop. Let me tell you what's exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You did it and you still got life. The wage of sin is death. Okay, can I, can I go deeper into that? We love to quote uh, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. All right, let's put a couple things together. Can we just play a little, little connection here? Okay, the wage of sin is what? Okay, all have sinned, right? So that means that Jesus paid a wage for you already. Is that not already exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think? Because who are you dying for? So has he not already done exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power? Hasn't he already done that? Paying the debt that you can't pay, that's not enough. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I done seen people in the Starbucks line be more generous than we are in worship. I know I am. Huh? Whatever they order behind me, pay for it. Huh? And then the next thing you know, ooh, they paid for mine, I pay for the next. Oh, they paid for mine, I pay for the next. I went to a Starbucks line one time, because I'm always paying for somebody in Starbucks, you know? And I went to the Starbucks line one time, and they said, listen, they've been paying for stuff, drinks all morning. The line just keeps going. Well, let's keep the line going. It's amazing how they understand the power of reciprocity, but we don't seem to do it in church. You can sit there and watch the person next to you get free, and you'll act like God ain't done nothing. I just don't even understand that. Like, ooh, you free? Let me go ahead and raise my hands and accept your freedom. <sighs> Elder Orlando says something profound. I need to re I'm going to quote you. You ready? Elder Orlando said, many of us don't have an issue being steadfast. He sure did. It was right there at the beginning. I heard the message. Mm -hmm. I'm a partaker. I was right there going, preach. He said, we don't have an issue being steadfast, yet we will often choose comfort over pattern. That's what the man said. You ain't got to, so he said, you are steadfast. Basically, he went on to give several examples. We're steadfast over the things we want to be steadfast about. Some of you have, you are steadfast in eating poorly. You are steadfast in maintaining unforgiveness. You are steadfast in your grudges. You are steadfast in your bad stewardship. You are steadfast in maintaining a dirty car. You are steadfast. Are you, huh? You are steadfast. So the, the steadfast is not an issue. The issue is what you're steadfast about. 
The issue is the target. See, so, so somebody is like, Lord, make me steadfast. He says, I, 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 I. No, 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 no. You pray in the wrong prayer. You already steadfast. Let me reposition the target of your steadfastness. You're steadfast. You're very steadfast. You're just only steadfast about the stuff you like. Because, as the elder said, you're choosing comfort over pattern. Write this down. Resilience is tested and verified during trial. Resilience is tested and verified during trial. Go through. Now we'll see the truth. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to end here. At least that's the plan. It is the plan. I got plenty more notes. 1 Peter chapter 5. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just struggling with being steadfast. No, you are not. You are not struggling being steadfast at all. What you are struggling with is targeting your steadfastness. Hmm? You're not even struggling with being immovable. Some of you are extremely immovable about certain things. No, really. Always abounding? You are always abounding in complaint? You're always abounding in worry. You have plentiful worry, plentiful complaint, plentiful lust, plentiful depression, plentiful doubt, plentiful fear, plentiful disbelief, plentiful. So the issue is not steadfast, immovable, abounding. It's our targets. Huh? Lord, help me put my patterns in the right place. Hmm? Help me put my patterns in the right place. Because don't tell me you don't have enough time to study your word when you can scroll on YouTube for two hours. Lord, get my patterns together. Hmm? Because I just look, I just look for 45 minutes at stupid TikToks. And I prayed for three seconds. 1 Peter chapter 5. Remember, I told you guys to write down, resilience is tested and verified during what? All right. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. B, B, Lord, it just keeps hitting us. B of sober spirit. B on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not. He's just like one. Seeking someone to devour. Now, I need to say something before I go to verse, verse 9. Be sober. Be alert. Your adversary. It's not God's adversary. It's ours. Your adversary. He know not the fool with God. Y'all missed it. That's why as we become more and more like him, he'll also stop fooling with us. If the devil already knows not to fool with God, 
but he's yet fooling with you, you don't look enough like God to deter him. <laughs> oh, I felt that down deep. If the devil knows not to play with God, but he keep playing with you, you don't look enough like God to deter him. What does the Bible say? Resist him and he'll do what? If he ain't fleed yet, you ain't resisting. And resist don't mean to shrink back and endure. Resist means to push back. But the best way to push back against him, watch this. How did Jesus do it? It is written. It is written, right? Which means, listen, he said, he spoke, he planted a seed. Y'all still not in here. He demonstrated his identity. Y'all with me? We don't do that. We cry, complain, and, you know, act a fool. And then repent over the fact that we acted a fool because the devil got you. And then we go and do it all over again. Repeat the cycle. Your adversary. Say adversary. adversary. Now, that word adversary means antagonist. Or, or the accusing party. What do we know about the devil? He is the accuser of the what? Not the accuser of God. When, he, when Satan went to present himself before God, he wasn't trying to get God. He was trying to get Job. But he didn't even want Job for Job. He wanted Job to prove to God that what God said about Job wasn't true. See, Satan is trying to use us as pawns, right? As pawns to prove to God that when he got kicked out, God made a mistake. He's, he's using us. Ot, ot. Not over here. Not playing those games. Amen? And then let me also say this. One more thing before I move on further. Some of these attacks that you're going through is not even the devil. You're reaping. The devil is busy. No, because watch this. The devil doesn't mess with anybody in sin. Because your sin already demands a harvest. So the devil, the devil is busy. No, you're undisciplined. You're undisciplined. The devil's not busy at all. You don't see the devil attack anybody that wasn't righteous. The devil didn't come after Paul when he was killing the church. You working for me. Amen. All right. Now, he is our antagonist. He's our accusing party. Let me give you another quote from Elder Orlando. Just in case y'all wasn't taking good notes Sunday, because I was. This is what he said. Our patterns should be so solid that accusations hold no weight. And now that's what he said. He said, our patterns, wait, y'all got to listen to it in view, just so y'all understand I'm in the thread here. Our, my pattern should be so solid that accusations hold no weight. Wait a minute. Be sober. Be on alert. Your accuser, your adversary, the one who makes accusations, the devil. Wait a minute. But my pattern needs to be so solid 
that his accusations hold no weight. Now, when El Orlando said it, he talked about the accusations of people. But I'm pushing even deeper. Even the devil's accusations should hold no weight because your pattern is so solid. Because when Satan came before God, he made accusations against Job, but they didn't hold no weight because his pattern was bigger than his accusation. Well, the reason he ain't done nothing yet is because, you know, you won't let me touch his body. That's an accusation. That's fine. Go ahead. Right, just mad. You got a hedge around him. If you didn't have a hedge around him, he would have been done cursed you by now. His patterns ain't that solid. He's not that serious. Huh? Let me, let, me send a, let me send a bad email. I bet you that'll get him to run. Let me, let me get that one person to call him. I bet you that'll cause him to lose it. Now, don't, no, 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 God. No, don't make me call him Monday. Make me call him Sunday morning. Right before church. Let's see how solid their pattern is. I thought we was immovable. Hmm? Okay. But verse 9, but resist him. Firm in your faith. What's the next word? Oh, there we are. Because that's how you do it. Resist and firm in your faith, knowing. See, it's all about what I know. Remember, we fail to be resilient and sometimes even reject the pattern because we don't know who and what we're rejecting. So resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Accomplished. The same experiences of suffering are being accomplished. In other words, this, somebody is winning against the thing that's trying to take me out. Huh? That's, that's, somebody is winning at the thing that I'm considering giving up at. <laughs> so if somebody's winning, connected to the same God that I am, brethren, why am I considering losing? Huh. If we got the same God, and we're supposed to be on the same team. Huh? I'm trying to figure out why I'm acting like I'm losing when you winning. If we're looking at the same scoreboard, y'all not. And we went on the same team. And you see the scoreboard say we up by 20, but you acting like we down by 100. I'm trying to figure out which one of us knows the truth. I think the one who knows we winning. See, here's the thing. We got to be honest. Am I resisting or am I fronting? Is my faith firm or is my acting good? Am I a believer or a great performer? He says this in verse 10. After you've suffered for a little while. 
the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself <laughs> perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Himself. He's going to do it himself. Just like he did in the furnace. We put in three. And now we see four. He doesn't mess around and came himself. He didn't mess around and came himself. Lord have mercy. God is like, listen, understand. See, we, we say stuff like, trouble don't last always. You don't believe it. You don't believe that. Weeping may endure for a night. Quit cliching when you don't believe. Joy comes in the morning. Well, okay, morning is in your hand. Morning is in your hand. Huh? How is morning in my hand? If I'm the salt of the earth and the light of the world, I carry the light with me. So if I'm the light, that means that my presence brings morning to darkness. <laughs> Morning. Morning comes with me. Morning is my decision. And watch this. Watch this. Listen. It doesn't, it doesn't even say weeping will endure. Weeping may. Which means I can even go through the night happy. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Because he's with me. Amen. Because here's, here's the thing. The fact that there's a shadow means that there's even light there. There's no such thing as shadows in complete darkness. Oh, that, that doesn't exist. In order for there to be a shadow, there must be light somewhere. Has to be light somewhere. See, he said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But then he says, you are. Hmm? Hmm? Can y'all imagine... Can you imagine when people, okay, I'll give it to y'all like this. I'm, okay, see, watch. All right, all right. When Lazarus, y'all hush. When Lazarus died and they asked for Lazarus, they were sending for Jesus. Come on, he's sick, he's sick, he's sick. They're sending for Jesus while he's sick, right? He doesn't come on purpose. We know. Once he gets there, listen to what they said. If you would have been here. Isn't that, isn't that what they said? If you would have been here. Which means that they believed that his presence would have turned their circumstance. But that belief only went so far. Because we've never seen you. We've seen you Heal sick people. So my faith ends where my sight stops. I only have faith in you up to what I've seen you do. And since this current thing is beyond what I've seen, I'm willing to say you could have fixed it if you were here. But since you weren't here, it's now beyond my faith. But we were supposed to walk by faith, not by the just shall live by, okay. 
But I want you to notice, they literally said, Jesus, had you been here? So they did understand this. Your presence as light changes things. Does yours? Do people say that about you? How do people feel when you show up? Are you a changer? Or simply a contributor to the bad patterns that are already in place? How many people say about you like, okay, you're here. We know things about to change now. Light's here. And then how many of us are like the women who only believe God up to what we've seen? He's like, man, I'm so much bigger than what you've seen. If God sits at the end of all sight, if he's Omega, he can do things that I've never seen before. <laughs> you can do things I haven't seen before. I want everybody in this room to think about your patterns. And if your patterns are contributing to abundance. But before I pray us out, I want you to think about the thing you need God to do and whether or not your, your pattern is an asset or a liability to that request. Are you living in such a way that is antagonistic to what you're praying for? Are you living in such a way that is antagonistic to what you are praying for? And if so, change it. So your patterns are in alignment. Does it make sense? Be honest about that in your notes. I don't want you guys just taking notes to fill notebooks. Be honest about that in your notes. Amen? And then let me push one more push, just one more tonight. Stop settling for current states. Start believing for his will. Stop settling with current states. Yeah, like where I am, I'm good with. I'm just good right here. Just good right here. If, it's, if this is what it is, it is going to be what it's going to be. God's like, could you believe me for my will, please? Huh? Don't get comfortable in this. Watch this. Don't get comfortable in this pig pen simply because they let you sit in it. The, kid, the, 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 the pigs never attacked the prodigal in the pig pen. And they let him eat there. He just didn't belong there. And his presence there, literally, his presence there was literally antagonistic to his whole vow. He was a Jew. What are you close to, consuming, and comfortable with? Huh? That is antagonistic to your whole vow of Christianity. Change that. 
Father, I thank you and I honor you. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. We know your word is truth. Help us hide this word in our heart that we may not sin against you. In Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. If you care to give, you can. God bless you. Marketplace Movement is still spreading the gospel virtually live every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. All you have to do is tune in during these times. So come and check us out and get the word on these platforms. Just download the BoxCast app on your Roku, Apple TV, and Fire Stick TV. You can watch us on your favorite social media or watch us at the marketplacemovement.online.church or our church website, themarketplacemovement.com view worship. The Marketplace Movement, where we continue to reach, enhance, and advance lives.